This podcast is brought to you by the University of Pretoria, a world of answers. I'm Aubrey Masango, and you're listening to the sixth and final episode of a World of Answers podcast. We've been having a series of thought-provoking discussions with our UP academics, and in this latest installation, we took the conversation to the university where young academics got to engage in yet another interesting topic. What is the future Africa campus and how will it solve our problems as a continent? Here's our live engagement with Professor James Ogude, who is the Director and Senior Research Fellow at the Center for the Advancement of Scholarship. Stephanie Burton, who is Vice Principal for Research and Postgraduate Education at the Institution. And lastly, former Future Africa Project Leader and Director at FABI, Professor Bernard Slippers. I, I read a few weeks ago, and maybe you might have heard the story about how in Ethiopia... Ethiopia yeah they are planting something like 350 million trees. And um, something must have happened to the consciousness of a people to decide that they are going to build 350 million trees. If this project succeeds, we are probably going to see yet another rainforest, if I understand the ecology stories there. And the person who must emerge from this university, particularly the, the, the Future Africa University, has to be somebody that understands things in a broader sense while understanding the speciality that they're involved in. How is that going to be achieved with all of the conversations that we have in South Africa about the decolonization of education, the globalization of education, the, uh, the incorporation of of, of indigenous knowledge systems, for example. Is the University of Pretoria, as it is, Professor Burton, uh, ready for the creation of that kind of individual who understands global issues in the global sense, but who also understands the specific issues of the very region that they live in? Do they know what's going on in Mamelodi? Do they know what's going on in Brooklyn? Do they know what's going on in Sunnyside? Is the University of Pretoria producing the kind of individual that has this global, multifaceted understanding, but is also regionally rooted? That is exactly why we have Future Africa. We have developed it as a, it's a campus, it's a physical place, but it's also a community, and it's intended to be a hub where we draw people from across Africa to address African challenges and to put those in a global context. We talk about transforming the world through African research excellence. We talk about future Africa being the place where we can address our heritage, our continental heritage, and the cultures that come together across Africa and and make a difference to addressing those global challenges. That example of planting the trees, planting so many trees, there's a long-standing, century, many centuries old tradition of understanding the importance of a forest. There's been a big change, of course, in the industrial era, but the communities of Africa understand the importance of a forest. That's the kind of pan-African approach that future Africa is all about. So we aim to, to bring together people who will be able to address those broad challenges in a way that is forward-looking, transformative, and 
is going to succeed in addressing those big challenges. Part of the problems that Africa has experienced through colonization and the various uh, phases of imperialism, Professor Ogude, is the fact that just the resources for living, eating, um, have been a big challenge on the African continent. And that has spurned all sorts of conflicts on the African continent. In fact, here in South Africa, we've been going through a process over the last few weeks um, of xenophobic attacks against uh, migrants in, in South Africa. Um, and that has been a very, very sad blight on the very consciousness of who we are as Africans. The scholars that you are going to be inviting into this university and the epistemological philosophy of the university, in other words, the approach to the creation of, of knowledge, is it such that it is going to create a new tradition of understanding our shared humanity as Africans and perhaps as human beings globally? Look, um, let me just add to what um, uh, Professor Button has you know, talked about. And that is that you know, um, part of the goal and the vision in Future Africa is really to, you know, to collapse the kind of boundaries that bring about, you know, um, outbursts of xenophobia, for example, forms of, you know, discrimination among, you know, um, Africans. And a decolonization project has been going on on this continent for years. It did not start with, you know, the fallist movement in South Africa. It's still a project that is challenging. It's going to continue for, for many years. Africa is a very complex, you know, continent. Uh, we come from also very difficult and differentiated histories, whether you're thinking of um, history of our former imperial powers, Anglophone versus Francophone, Lusophone, you know, uh, versus, you know, um, other, you know, um, yeah, language streams. Language streams that you yeah. can ever think of. So the point is that we've got to start somewhere. And I think that one of the things that this center or this campus signals and promises re is really the possibility of bridging the gaps. How do we bridge the gaps? You can only bridge the gaps when you bring people together. You know, if, you, if people develop in isolation, chances are that the next neighbor is just the other, mm. you know? Mm. That's, that's, that's the, the nature of human societies, you know, all over. Yeah. So we've got to collapse those borders, those boundaries, physical, mm. also knowledge boundaries. And for me, it is the knowledge boundaries that are critical at this point. It's precisely mm. that mm. which I want mm. to mm. focus on. And I'm going to mm. perhaps ask my colleagues to... Um, have that roving mic because this is a time that I would like to get the audience input in this conversation because I think we are at the place where we can get the, the audience involved also. 
But that's precisely what I want to zoom in on, Prof, as to the nature of the research that mm-hmm. is going to be characteristic of this particular space, of yeah. this particular mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, campus. Mm-hmm. The nature of it in producing the kinds of individuals, the kinds of knowledge, mm-hmm. the kinds of um, curiosities mm-hmm. that are going to bring about that kind of pan-African um, uh, vision. What, what is going to be the underlying philosophies behind the research that you do that is going to try and break those barriers, particularly knowledge barriers? I'm not so interested in the physical barriers so much because I think that as soon as people have the barriers in their minds broken down, the rest is easy. What kind of re- research and the character of the research that is going to produce that kind of knowledge? Um, look, uh, that's not a very easy question, but let, let me start by saying that when we're thinking about, you know, um, knowledge, bar- you know, barriers, we're basically thinking of the way in which, you know, knowledge formation on this continent has been produced. And we've worked in many, for many years in silos, you know. Um, even within South Africa itself, you'll find that Knowledge production is done in silos. We don't, we don't share, you know, um, we don't share knowledge. Mm-hmm. The only way you are going to um, encourage the kind of knowledge, one, that will deal with our challenges, because part of the problems that we are facing, whether it is in the form of xenophobia, has a lot to do with practical problems that fe- people face on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, xenophobia is also about economic scarcity, yeah. economic lack. So if you're going to deal with xenophobia, you've got to deal with economic problems on the ground. If you're going to deal with xenophobia, you've got to understand patterns of migration within the continent itself yeah. and the causal factors that lead to those forms of migration. You know, if you don't grapple with those, you are, not, you are unlikely to resolve some of the problems that we have on the continent. What kind of knowledge can we share, for example, around food security? That is one of the major sources of poverty on the continent. Let me bring mm-hmm. Professor Slippers into that conversation. Prof, you are the one that spoke of the fact that we've got to produce the kind of person that is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. The kind of person that, while understanding their specific uh, area of expertise needs to understand the fact that they are part of a global and social reality. One of the big conversations, and I'm going back to your field of study, uh, on radio I have these conversations about about a company called Monsanto. So I have conversations about a company called Monsanto that seems to have cornered and, um, and, and, and uh, monopolized even the production of seeds. How are we as the campus of Africa, the, uh, this particular campus, going to democratize the production of food by way of the production of seeds? Mm. That's a, there's a and you don't have to repeat that to, word again. I, I, big, big question to answer. I mean, the, the, the very short answer I would give to that is we will produce 
the capacity that would make our that would give an alternative for seed that makes the agricultural business productive because ultimately agriculture is is not a philanthropic exercise where, where people produce to, to give people food. Of course, that is what m many farmers are very passionate about, but they need to make a bottom line work. And the reason why big companies like that can monopolize, if you wish, is the same reason why other global companies can do so, is they produce a technology that is superior and makes a business more profitable. So if we fail to produce the, the local capacity that gives our local farmers the ability to compete with the best in the world, we will fail them. And that, so it goes back to what, what I mentioned in the beginning and what Professor Burton was, uh, was referring to as well, is, is the, the belief, the anchor belief, that we have the capacity in Africa to be globally competitive and to lead the world through African research excellence. We can't be thinking about just leading in some very small local context. If we cannot lead globally, we will lose out against the big global competitors. I, um, so so, the, so the, the, the taglines that we've added to some of these things, you've heard Professor Burton refer to Future Africa as transforming the world through, through African research excellence. We mean every word of that. We, we, we believe that that is possible and that is what is necessary. If you look at the, the, the referring also to the, the knowledge barriers and where the knowledge lies and how do we actually get there, we've got to recognize that to get there, you need substantial capacity. You need uh, a critical mass of capacity. You can't have three people working in this field when China has 10,000 people in this world and think that you're going to be uh, competitive. So if we look at the African, uh, at the African knowledge system that, that gives us those specialities, we know that it's smaller than other parts of the world. And we, we cannot sit back and think and, and allow this to develop sort of at a slow pace. We've got to get urgent about developing that capacity. We know we've got the people to do so. How do, you, how do we get there? One of the pieces of, um, of, or two of the pieces of doing that is on the one hand, we know that the, piece of the people doing the work, the people doing the research, the young generation coming into the, the, the research field, for example, are also the ones being tasked to build and develop that system. So that's, I'm thinking about the other tagline that we link to Future Africa of transdisciplinary science leadership for innovation. So very much recognizing that we need to build those people as leaders, as leaders of, you know, to build their own research systems as people who see themselves as leading the world. Um, we talk about transdisciplinary science leadership because we also want those people to see themselves not just as geneticists, but people that lead this transformation in an ethical way and in a connected way um, with the society in which they are embedded. Prof, we're going to take a quick break uh, and then we're going to involve our, um, our audience. And I'm really hoping that uh, you have some questions or perhaps comments that uh, you can uh, give to this conversation that will broaden and perhaps uh, deepen the conversation. I'm really, really thankful for this opportunity. You're listening to A World of Answers. We'll be talking about the future of Africa campus here at the University of Pretoria. Let's take a break. You are listening to a World of Answers podcast. The University of Pretoria can help you achieve your true potential. As a UP graduate, you are invited to join the university's prestigious alumni network. 
Download the new UP Alumni Network app, which is designed to help you expand your network, advance your career, and gain access to exclusive opportunities. You can also stay in touch with fellow alumni and be part of a community of changemakers. Search for Graduate Community on Google Play or the App Store and let your degree take you further. University of Pretoria, discover a world of answers. Visit up.co.za. You are listening to a World of Answers podcast. All right, uh, we come back again to this uh, conversation where we are talking about Future Africa campus. So I'm going to be inviting you to be part of this conversation. Uh, please indicate by a show of hands. Please tell us what your name is and what your questions are, uh, what your question is, and uh, hopefully the panel will be able to entertain some of those questions. All right. I would like to ask uh, which economy theory can ju- justify xenophobia in South Africa, which you can think of? And the second one is what are the future socioeconomic and political implications of the recent waves of refugees influx in all Europe and, and Africa? Thank you. Uh, before, before Professor answers that question, I'm also interested to understand how it, ref- it relates to the future, uh, future Africa campus uh, so that it, it isn't too broad of a conversation. So how does that particular question refer specifically to the issue that we are dealing with tonight? Okay. The issue is relating, which is relating to the issue which we are dealing tonight is that as university have created this space of future Africa, it's where we, 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 where as scholars we can come and contest in ideas to bring solution. So what can we do from our part as students and as academics to, or to, to come with ideas which can deal with the issues of xenophobia, uh, the issues of gender violence in, in our communities, the issue of drugs in our communities. That's what I want to address in this matter. When I made the comment about uh, xenophobia, I made it very clear that we got to understand the sociological and economic underpinnings of some of these problems. Um, it's not xenophobia is not unique to South Africa. It may take a different character, but it is not unique to you know to South Africa. We see it all over. Whether you're thinking of your right wingers in the U.S., you know. Uh, or whether you're thinking of, um, you know, um, many other parts of, of Europe, you know, where, you know, uh, foreigners uh, are really treated as underdogs. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, studies show very clearly that whenever xenophobia tends to uh, arise, when we have, it's, 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 it's a problem with the vulnerable among us you know, the poor among us, and it's often the poor against the poor. Even here in South Africa, it's not the goodness of this world that is, you know, I'm a foreigner, I've lived here, uh, my stay here predates 1994. Um, I followed my wife, but I'm still, you know, <laughs> I'm still seen as a foreigner. Uh, but the problem is, 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 is not, is, is not, it does not affect me. I've never experienced the kind of violence that we've witnessed, you know, uh, whether you're talking about just sheer, you know, subliminal, you know, discrimination or, or psychological 
forms of discrimination. It is always about the vulnerable among us. And the vulnerable among us is as a result of the struggle, you know, over, you know, um, you know the economics, you know. Um, and, and, and we've got to deal with, we've got to deal with some of those problems. I don't have all the answers, you know. I don't even think, you know, uh, there are fundamental theories that will address you know, uh, the problem of violence, other than the fact that we've got to improve the economy such that those who are marginalized get involved in the economy. And the answer to that is not always violence. It's not always scapegoating. You may scapegoat the Nigerian or the foreign, the foreigner, but it will not deal with the root cause of the problems. And so we need to understand what is it that brings about, leads people to behave the way they do. Yeah. Professor Burton, uh, any contribution to that? Yes. Yeah? I'd like to comment. And I'd like to just reflect on what Professor Coupe said at the beginning of this conversation about the fact that universities are there to generate knowledge. And our role is education and research among other things, and capacity development. We, we strive to develop the kind of capacity that will enable. Future Africa is a research institute, and our umbrella themes are about sustainability and equity and the common ground between those two concepts. And one of the answers to the question that we were asked is, in fact, that we need to be assisting with generating the kind of knowledge that will allow us to achieve sustainability and equity. And that should be one of the answers to Africa's challenges around the question that we were asked. It's interesting that you all speak of transdisciplinary versus interdisciplinary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Please educate us. Um, what, 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 is transdisciplinary and interdisciplinary, are they similar concepts? Are they the same? Why, why, why are they different? <laughs> Sorry, what is your name, uh, sir? So I'm uh, Professor Mizrahi. I'm part of the um, biochemistry, genetics, and microbiology department here at the University of Pretoria. Um, I think there is a distinction and it's still being um, debated. And, and But the main thing is interdisciplinary still talks about bringing together research as a result of different disciplines interacting together to solve a problem. Whereas transdisciplinary is almost building new disciplines because it's bringing together such elements of the disciplines that uh, to, solve, to solve problems in methodology that doesn't even exist yet. And so transdisciplinarity really means not just, um, for example can we bring in social scientists to comment on this hard science? It's actually building a new research methodology that incorporates these two elements together in solving a problem. Aubrey, if I, if I can add to that, uh, I absolutely agree with that. It's also about recognizing that knowledge systems exist beyond the academic sphere and that uh, we would like to be developing this knowledge and engaging with this knowledge generation with society more broadly. So where the, the problems or opportunities are embedded, uh, linking to the knowledge systems that exist there, co-developing this knowledge with them. One of the things that has been said in the past about universities is that they've become ivory towers of, I think what Professor Coupe mentioned was an, an inner group, you know, um, where the conversations and the, and the terminology is... Is, is that of that inner academic group. Do you think that 
academia, the academic way of generating knowledge and having knowledge is embracive enough of a society that has so many different layers? I mean, anybody can perhaps deal with that question. But uh, do you think that academia, which has... Um, and, and, and perhaps let me add by saying that there are theories out there that we need a far more experiential form of the generation of knowledge rather than academic and cerebral uh, approaches to generation of knowledge. To what extent is the future Africa campus um, uh, incorporating those questions, those ideas, in bringing about the kind of results that are going to actually be sustainable and equitable, Professor Burton? Let me start by saying what we do at Future Africa, which is one example of what we are attempting to do to address exactly that question. We invite members of our community, members of our, our broad uh, stakeholder group, if you like, to join us in our conversations here and in the work that we are doing. You will know, perhaps, that globally there is a move towards questioning the impact of research. And when we talk about impact, we mean how does community see value in what we are doing in our research? Future Africa, we are doing what is called co-creation. We invite the community of stakeholders across the board to join us in developing what we are doing in our research, to help us formulate the questions and to help us to formulate the way in which we might take that transdisciplinary approach to finding some solutions. And the community, broader than the university, will be contributing to whether or not we achieve that impact. And that's one of the modern trends that we are that seeking to support. That would be absolutely revolutionary. Indeed. I mean, absolutely revolutionary. Um, Aubrey, can I, can I add sorry, to that sorry. quickly? You know, yeah. Because you asked the question earlier about the future Africa campus and why do we need a campus like this? And I think what's important to recognize is the University of Pretoria is so committed to that objective that it created this campus that can embed people in this experiential experience of inter- and transdisciplinarity that creates an institute whose mandate it is, whose very existence is there to drive that, that interaction and pr provides the physical space for that to happen. Yes, just sir. a very quick, uh, my name is Sheikh yes, Kumbo. Um, just one week old uh, in the university. But this debate is uh, quite sparkling, a lot of ideas on the knowledge system and the learning system. And I think we are just com combining the two in one piece. What you have been alluding to since the inception of this discussion is the knowledge system in place, which is being based on some normative values of doing science. But what we did not really question a lot is what is the learning system that corresponds to that knowledge system to make sure that the knowledge is just going flowing smoothly from university to society. And I think that's the real essence of this um, uh, Future Africa uh, campus in Pretoria University in a sense that it becomes a connections between integrated knowledge, you call it transdisciplinary or multidisciplinary knowledge, to address emerging challenges. It's not just the old, you know, one sectoral things which we are dealing with, but the interface of different problems that create social unrest, political problems, etc. And that is new because the way government are structured, the way business is put in place, is really targeting things. 
And the new challenge we are having now is the interface crossroad of things. How policy, economics, market values, use, increase, create new social situations that you need to deal with that require some different ways of learning. And I think that's the way we should just go on to. Many of the questions that have been coming from myself and our listeners have really been, and, and thank you very much for that question, have really been not question, but comment, but have really been about how the university itself would transform itself. But the university functions within a context. It functions within a, um, a, a government context, a business context. To, to what extent have you spoken to that context such that it's ready for a future, of, a future Africa-type campus? Uh, there aren't many future Africa-type campuses out there. So to what, ex to what extent is the, is the contextual infrastructure, that meta-infrastructure, ready for this future Africa? Prof? I think you know, some of the things that we're talking about here have been going on there. You know, it's not like we, we stand starting on a clean slate. There's been engagement between universities and industry, universities and government, in an attempt to influence policy, for example. There's been pockets of engagement with society at large, and perhaps that is where you know, the university needs to do more. Um, how, do you, how does the knowledge that is produced within the university impact you know, on society? And in, in, in recent times, for example, in the humanities and social sciences, the argument has been that we need to move away, for example, from critique to public humanities. And by that, they basically mean we need the kind of humanities that is not just asking questions, that is not just providing critique, but attempting to shape patterns of thinking, influencing policies, changing behavior, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's an element, elements of the things that you're talking about that are, some are in place, but I think we haven't challenged further to have universities that will be engaged with, with communities. And I think, as Professor Button has, has mentioned, that is part of the challenge that Future Africa, you know, um, is interested and you know, the future that director mentioned, yeah. you know, sorry I'm <laughs> exposing you, you know, <laughs> you know, as he's mentioned, really, you know, it's, it's basically how do we transform, you know, knowledge that we're producing 100%. into practical knowledge. Sir. Yep. Thanks, Obi. My name is Osmond Mnonyeni, and I'm here also at Future Africa. I think um, for some time we've concentrated on one aspect of future Africa. And I'd like uh, perhaps Professor Slippers and Professor Burton to just expand a bit on the components that make future Africa. For example, we have just discussed on the research questions or the research themes, but there's issue that uh, Professor Slippers mentioned earlier on about capacity development and how is future Africa actively participating in that and which then brings up a new model in how we train the future 
you know, be it scientists or researchers as a whole, and why that model is effective. Because he had mentioned earlier on that the responsibility of developing science, at least within the continent, largely rests with young scientists. And therefore, there's a capacity uh, issue there that needs to be responded to. Prof, Burton, do you want to have a start? Thank you, and thank you for the question. Let, let us start with the fact that this is a research institute and just explain very briefly that we bring together a community of researchers of many different uh, areas and different stages in development and we bring them together to address those global challenges and the African challenges that we believe we need to develop our own solutions for. So we do focus, for example, on African productivity, systems of production, in Africa, we focus on the digital era and how Africa can, can be more connected uh, in, a, in a broad sense. I'm not simply talking about broadband connectivity sure, here. I'm sure. talking about the connectedness between cultures and systems, which will allow us to use technology. We talk about education in the 21st century and how we can de develop that based on the uh, transdisciplinary approaches that are needed. The future world of work is going to be very different. What do we need to do to educate our people for that? And then we also look at health and the way in which health is not simply about hospitals. Health is about the environment, it's about people, it's about the places in which they live. So these are all very broad research themes that we are developing here at Future Africa and bringing in those external stakeholders as well as our academic researchers. Perhaps Professor Slippers would like to talk about the cross-cutting approaches. Sure. If, if, I, can, if I can link to, to that, uh, Future Africa is about partnerships. And it, its partnership is academic partnerships on the one hand and academic partnerships that stretch across our continent. It's critical for us to develop that. If there, you know, we, Even though the University of Pretoria, as a base for Future Africa, has a lot of critical mass, there's no way we can really transform the system all on our own. So there's a great recognition for that and to be actively developing those partnerships. And it goes beyond the academic partnership. So we're in one of the greatest concentrations of, of uh, the diplomatic core in the world here who uh, link with uh, systems and networks in Africa. It's connecting with those networks. It's connecting with our governance networks and our other research institutes that lie all around us. So it's, it's very actively aiming to develop those partnerships. It's also very actively looking at the people that we work with. So um, Dr. Molinieni referred to the capacity development. So we run something like something called the Africa Science Leadership Program, for example, that we've been running for a while, and there are a number of associated uh, programs that that looks at the people that are driving and building and developing the system, capacitating them in a different way from what we've typically just trained our researchers as, to train them to be socially responsible leaders in our society, leaders of the transformation in our systems and beyond our systems that we would like to see. So very actively thinking about different learning systems and different training systems to develop that capacity. I, I'm going to entertain two more questions. Yeah? Is that okay? Two more questions and then I'm going to ask the professors to, to close. Two more questions? Two more comments? Gentlemen at the back there. Greetings to everyone in the panel, everyone in the audience. I think a, a portion of my, my question has been answered by just what um, the two people on stage mentioned now, but I still wanted to bring it across anyway. Um, 
the the discussion of pan-Africanism, the theories, the trends, and everything that we understand and what we envision in our continent is not a new discussion. And I think if you're going to name uh, um, an organization, Future Africa, that already leads itself to what I would think is a radical um, transformation element. And I think what I'd like you to, to highlight is if this was a strategic presentation, you've mentioned different pillars. If you had to illustrate two pillars and simply say from an incremental understanding, moving to a radical understanding, how do we then um, uh, imagine this organization to be making that difference? Because a lot of policies, a lot of change making, a lot of ideas skip the incremental elements that we have already in our society and it becomes a big radical movement and it gets all of us lost. You know what I mean? I'm not yep. going to mention code names that are in the government system that are getting all of us confused, but that's what happens. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to highlight very simply, basically, what is it from an incremental element are we touching on and where do we foresee the radical movement and how does that become an inclusive strategic direction? Profs, anyone want to jump in on that enthusiastically yeah, with great um, exuberance? This, this, this is a difficult question. And um, the truth of the matter is that um, a lot has been done in terms of um, attempting to push Pan-Africanist ideals. Um, there have been, you know, um, there have been successes, there have been failures, and it shouldn't stop us from... Uh, you know, trying and trying again and again. The only way we are going to deal with the challenges that confront this continent is, is also to be bold and say, okay, we had false starts, you know, but we can reimagine the future. And I think that is what we are trying to do here. We can reimagine the future through knowledge production. Mwalimu um, Julius Nyerere used to tell us, if you understand, if you understand, if you know, you understand. And if you understand, you are a happy man. What Nyerere was basically reminding us of is the capacity for human beings to bring change is about understanding the environment and, and pushing the frontiers of knowledge. And I think what we are trying to do here in Future Africa is really to push the frontiers of knowledge and see the dots. We've talked about interdisciplinary. You cannot talk about access to education, for example, without talking about access to nutrition, access to water, access to good health, and a whole range or a balanced ecological system. So these things are interconnected. If we have the capacity to see the totality of these things, then we'll have done something you know, better in pushing this continent forward. And I think that's what we are trying to do in future Africa. Final okay. question or comment. Can I, can I add a little oh, bit? Oh, sure, sure, of course, of course, of course. Say that I, I think knowledge production and science lends itself to, to a pan-African uh, an African idea, and I think we, we're seeing that through things like the Science Leadership Program. And in, in some ways, knowledge systems does not recognize boundaries in the, in the same way that political systems and economic systems do. And I, I think it's a, it's a tool that we can use. And, and I think what we're saying is that we feel that is a, as an idea that we should pour our hearts and minds and energy into to building. It's ironic that 
that we have stronger research links off the continent in most cases than on the continent, and we need to be aggressive in changing that uh, around, which means we need to provide the platforms and the support systems for people to connect with each other um, and to find ways of, of, of building this pan-African network. And, and we've got examples of where that is working. That science leadership one is one that I've referred to. This idea is spinning out into, we've just launched one in West Africa. In November, we'll be launching one in East Africa. We'll be launching one early next year in Mauritius for the Southern African region. So it's spilling out from outside of the, the borders of this campus to people that's come in here who are saying, we're taking this idea to our region and linking West Africa together and linking East Africa together and building very actively with passion and, uh, um, these pan-African knowledge networks. So I want to build on that because as someone who's been through the Africa Science Leadership Program and is now involved in it, one of the ways to scale, I think, is through these interactions, you, you really get to connect with people from the continent. I have people from Uganda and um, Ethiopia and Kenya and Ghana and Mauritius and all of these countries that are almost like family to me. That is how much we connect. So it's really a, a really tight network of young research leaders who are all passionate about fixing the continent and, and solving some of these problems. And beyond that, we also discuss not just self-reflection as who are we as, as young research leaders in, this, in 2019, but also what is an ethical research leader in academia who is developing this, who is concerned with the problem of, with the issue of developing this youth. And so I think that's one way to scale it is through these, inter the more you interact with people as humans from across the continent, the more you realize how much shared goals you have in common and how much you want to work together. So. Professors, I'm going to allow you each a minute to round off this conversation for us, which has been most, most enlightening. Um, so can I quickly say something? So one of the things that I said to Professor Cooper as we were presenting this idea that we are busy with now was that we are going to very quickly discover that this is a living conversation. That at some point, so what, we, what, what we've done today is that we've taken this thing and we've hit it against the wall and it's scattering now. And clearly that interdisciplinary thing is going to have to be entertained more conversations that are going to be about one particular discipline are going to be, have to be entertained. And, and so this tree, as I envisage it, this tree of conversation is starting to grow. Today we saw the, the bark starting to emerge from the ground, and it's really exciting. Some of the stuff that you guys have been talking, I have no idea what you were saying. But that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. That's why we have to have all of these other conversations, not only here with this particular university, but with other universities that you're connected with. It's really been exciting stuff, really, really exciting. Take it from a guy from Mums. This is really exciting <laughs> stuff. Prof? Yeah, um, a few points to linger on. One, I think what Future Africa is all about is trying to encourage us Af Af as Africans to think together through collaborative research. A convergence, you know, bringing about a convergence, you know, of ideas and trying to share resources because we, one thing that we never realize on this continent is that we are actually very, very tiny. And if we can share resources, if there are better machines, instruments in Pretoria, why should somebody working in Burkina Faso, struggling on his own, without any resources, 
not be encouraged to share the resources that we have here. And I think that is one way of building bridges and building capacity. If there's better research that is being done in Senegal, in a certain area, or in Nairobi, why can't we share and leverage those resources? And I think one of the things that Future Africa, hopefully, you know, um, will bring about is the ability for us to have a common vision, you know, as natural scientists, as social scientists, as people in humanities, to realize that the only way to move this society forward is through collaborative initiatives. Professor Burton? Thank you. Yeah, I think I'd like to conclude by saying Future Africa, by its presence, its physical, visible presence, and also the approaches that we're taking, is it represents an invitation, an invitation to partners across all sectors and across the continent to contribute to unlocking the potential of Africa. And it, it's based on the idea that Africans can and should be leading the transformations that they want to transform the continent. I would conclude by saying that the, for those of us who had the privilege to be involved in Future Africa, it's been a space, a space of, of hope and of excitement about the future that we're all part of. If you, if you look at the future of knowledge production systems uh, just through reports and numbers on, on pieces of paper, uh, you sometimes question our competitive ability with the sizes but if you look at that future through the eyes of a Leshi and a Vedushi and a Connie and a Lydia and all of these bright young minds from across the continent, these incredible leaders that we yeah. have on the continent, it's a very different future and it's an exciting future that, that, um, that is ahead of us. And we hope that many more people will feel that excitement and, and, uh, about our future through Future Africa. Well, I want to thank you all. I mean, this has really been exciting. I... I not an academic. I get bored by lots and lots of books. But this has been really, really exciting. I hope that the conversation is going to move slightly from just asking the questions, what are we, to who are we? And I think that the Future Africa campus is beginning to ask that question of academics throughout the continent and throughout the whole world. It's not only asking the question, what can we do? But it's asking the question, what can we do? So thank you very much for having joined us. You've been listening to A World of Answers with 702 and the University of Pretoria. Thank you very much. This podcast was brought to you by the University of Pretoria. A World of Answers.